It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is a marvelous Monday, producer Steve. Okay. I'll go with that. It ain't marvelous on this side of the glass, but if it's marvelous on your side of the glass, good for you. Uh, And it is marvelous because we have Brad Beck in studio. It is a Brad Beck Monday. That would help greatly, yes. (laughs) Well, Lashana Tova, Happy New Year. It's the Jewish New Year to our Jewish friends. And it literally means the head of the year. So it's a a new year. My wife made a beautiful dinner last night, and uh, we celebrated Well, Happy New Year. Well, thank you. Okay, it's great to have you here. In the third and fourth segment, we're going to talk about your latest essay. We'll roll that out this weekend in the newsletter, We Are the Problem. I didn't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the old saying of when you have one finger pointing, you got three coming back. That's true. There's so much that we aren't doing that we need to be doing. And we're in the situation we are. Upon reflection, I started thinking, you know, I'm part of the problem. I need to do something. Everybody needs to do at least one thing. And if all of us did one thing, I think we will take care of this. But on the other hand, there's so many things that are coming at us, Brad. Um, but and, and I think it can seem overwhelming for people. Right. So that's why we do the show is to help bring truth, clarity, look at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, socialism is not about free stuff. Yeah, that's just the carrot to get you to vote for it. Like, could there be the Colorado cash back, your Tabor refunds that <laughs> that came out just a few a few weeks before the uh, this election? Um, anyway, socialism is not about free stuff. It is just the carrot to get people to vote for it. And my friends, sometimes force can be couched in being compassionate. And we're going to see this with a number of the ballot issues that we're working. And I had promised that I or I had said I thought that our voters guide would come out this Sunday. I think it's going to be the next Sunday because there's 11 issues on that. We're going to bite off some of the local issues and county issues. But so sometimes they they couch it in compassion. One of those is going to be these healthy school meals for children. And it's going to pick different people that's going to pay for it. And uh, so they're, they want it to be compassionate, but then they're going to say, you over here don't have to pay for it and get you to vote for it. It's always other people's money. Yeah. And especially if they say, oh, we got it from the federal government. Well, that's stealing from somebody else just in a, ju- a different jurisdiction. It is. And not only is it stealing from people in another jurisdiction, but it is stealing from our kids' future. Because they are borrowing this money. And so we are encumbering people that are not even born yet. And and we are making them promise to pay something back. There's something deeply immoral about encumbering somebody else when they don't even have a voice in it. 
Yeah, and it continues on. At the local level especially, you have to really pay attention to what's coming out. Uh, in my little town of Erie, Colorado, some things are happening, and we'll talk about it, but they're wanting to go home rule. And for 148 years, we've been a statutory town, and the statistics that they're using are very interesting mm-hmm. because they say 93% of all the population of Colorado is under home rule. Well, that's a nice thing to say, but then they don't talk about all the statutory communities in Colorado mm-hmm. that are doing just fine, mm-hmm. and they're able to function as a municipality. And what's interesting is why now, what are they trying to fix, and who is benefiting mm-hmm. from this change? Mm-hmm. And so I want to explore that a little bit mm-hmm. with you. And I've got one in my community that I just have on the the big radar right now. I need to really totally read that. But uh, they, uh, and also the county, want to get into the broadband business and with a public-private partnership, which uh, typically that means that uh, government picks winners and losers. Uh, many times then risk is put over onto the um, uh, private uh, entities, which is us, and um, it, I find big danger in entities that actually will make decisions about businesses in a community getting into that business to compete with it. Right. And um, I was actually at a broadband meeting once in my town, and they framed it in a wonderful way, like mm-hmm. you were talking earlier. And at the end of the meeting, they said, "Is anybody possibly against this?" And I raised my hand, and I asked. You know, with all the technology that's happening now, why do we need to dig up our streets if we have all this Mm -hmm. new uh, ability to have cars and things that are run by the cloud, you Mm -hmm, know, the mm -hmm. the information up there? And abruptly, they stopped the meeting. (laughs) They decided to readjourn at another time. Mm -hmm. Somebody spoke and had a question that nobody could answer. Mm -hmm. And so I think people, if they show up, to a PTA meeting or to a homeowners meeting or anything local and just ask the questions of why, it slows the process down because they're not prepared for it. They don't want people to stand up and speak. And I think people are finally at the point where they're saying, if I don't speak, something's going to happen and I'm not going to be in control of my own Mm -hmm. life because there's the special interests, the interested parties that are going to take over. And, mm-hmm. and we've got to stop that. Mm-hmm. And the strategy that you're talking about, though, because I was on city council for four years, so I learned a lot. I also saw back then there was this, uh, in, in fact, there was a, a driving driving force, uh, an attorney that was trying to push for um, city broadband and county broadband. And it was during the Obama administration. And I saw danger in government controlling that because I felt that could could get to censorship. Um, but when people do ask questions, another strategy that happens then is you will see the PBIs, the politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties say, oh, we're going to adjourn this meeting. And they try to wear the public out because you have to take time off from work or you have to organize to get to the meeting. And so they'll say, we'll table that till another time. And I've seen that strategy used time and time again to just wear the public out uh, when somebody stands up and asks a question. Yeah, we can't take our eye off the ball anymore. We've got to be active and engaged as citizenry and do something that's going to move for our cause, which is liberty, freedom, and to be left alone to our own happiness. We need to start making a decision for ourselves, our family, our community 
and tell those people that are interested in trying to take control of our lives to say, no, you can't do that. Right. That's your lane. This is my lane. Stay out of my lane. Right. And uh, the, one of the silver linings of COVID is that people are waking up to see that when, when PBIs came in and said, oh, you're essential and you're not essential, that really woke people up. Producer Steve, you look like you'd like to weigh in on this. I wonder what I look like when you when you notice that. <laughs> but I'm right most of the time, aren't I? Well, yeah. Uh, I'm just gathering all this up. Okay, now, now Brad goes to a meeting where he dare ask a question, mm-hmm. or as he noted earlier, people will throw out statistics that are mm, make you wonder. Right. All these things are in their bag of tricks, and I'm not saying that these entities are necessarily nefarious, but they have an agenda. So when somebody like Brad shows up and asks a question, oh my gosh, we got to shut this meeting down. Mm-hmm. Somebody is on to us. Is on to us. And Steve, to your point, I think that there are people that think they are doing good, but they're, ultimately it works out to be something very nefarious. Uh, an example would be the, the Patriot Act after 9-11. I, I rem- and, and this was a big grab on uh, basically ultimately spying on the American people. And I remember looking at that, and I still wasn't real politically in- active at that time, but I'm like, ooh, this seems like this isn't a good idea, but oh, to keep us safe, okay, well, uh, then we have what we have now, Brad. Yeah, and we have no freedom then. Uh, I read an article this weekend about the post office. Curious thing, they were spying on Americans. What? Yeah. I just read that, that the uh, internal division of the post office was spying on people who were pro-Second Amendment and who had a different idea of things that the administration, the federal administration, was uh, pushing out. And I'm thinking, they can't afford to run what they're running. Stamps keep going up. Postage goes up. And yet the, the post office general is has a division spying on Americans. Did they, I mean, what purpose could it be? Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to shut free speech and freedom down. Yeah. You know, to make a big issue out of people who have a different opinion of things. You know, it was interesting. I was at Liberty Toastmasters in North in Longmont, and we had some guests, and they had self identified as Californians moving here to Colorado. And they were surprised that we were so open with our discussion on a variety of issues. And talking about things that made them a little uncomfortable because their perception of things, uh, the the discussion, the differences of opinion were okay in our forum to talk about. And yet, you know, they said, we feel comfortable here because people are welcoming and we're having a discussion on things that you can't have a discussion on. Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting and refreshing comment from Mm -hmm. these folks that their observation was, gosh, I've got to be very, you know, uh, cautious Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what I Mm -hmm. say and Mm -hmm. how do I approach things. And we said, no, in here we're helping people communicate. Now, when we go to lunch, we may have a different opinion. Right, right. (laughs) But in this forum of Toastmasters, we're respectful. We listen to all sides. We have a discussion. We listen to speeches and table topics in a way that maybe make us uncomfortable, but it makes us think. And that's what we're lacking today. Well, Brad, to that point, let's do a little advertisement for Liberty Toastmasters. You're a co-founder of Liberty, Liberty Toastmasters. We have Liberty Toastmasters Denver, which I'm a member of and Liberty Toastmasters North. And in fact, 
This Friday is going to be Liberty Toastmasters Day on the Kim Munson Show. Dave Walden, president of North, is going to be in studio, which is great. And the subject is uh, um, rights that have been given to us or are endowed by our creator of and uh, not derived by government. So that's going to be very interesting. But I posited this question uh, as I sent this out to everyone, is that we follow the LPR uh, curriculum. And I found it interesting that they changed those words in the Declaration from rights endowed by our creator to rights inherent in humanity. And there's a big difference between the two. And so I put that out there to see what people might say about it. So it's going to be super interesting. That will be. Uh, Dave's brilliant on these to- uh, topics, and I'm going to be listening in to hear what he has to say. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, Brad, and I've shared this with a number of people. Uh, I, many years ago, was co-chair of a, um, of a, a gala. And there, and I was speaking, and I crashed and burned in front of about a thousand people, and I really lost my confidence. And it has been Liberty Toastmasters that has helped me get my confidence back, make me a better communicator. I have things that I can certainly improve upon, but I would so highly recommend people to to come and to attend. You learn, you become a better communicator, a better listener, uh, and it, it helps us. Strive to be the best that we can be, and I would so highly recommend that for people. Absolutely. And if you're working on a campaign, a public policy issue, this is a great way to get comfortable in the forum of public speaking. So often we're asked to speak on behalf of somebody or something, and if you don't have that confidence just to get up there, uh, it, it reflects on the message. So our message has to be clear. It has to be concise. So we learn about speaking in five to seven minutes on Mm -hmm. average or in table topics one to two minutes so you're clear and concise and when people say to me well brad there's nothing you can do in one or two minutes and i remind them that the gettysburg address by abraham lincoln Mm -hmm. was just over two Mm -hmm. minutes and we talk about that we don't talk about edward everett and his oratory for almost two mm-hmm. hours at the dedication of the battlefield of uh, at Gettysburg at mm-hmm. the cemetery. So it's important to really hone in this skill for your business, for your uh, civic organizations. All of them benefit by people being good communicators. Mm-hmm. One other thing before we go to break, I know that many people, when they decide that they're going to run for office, uh, they reach out to you because you're very a very well-respected communicator here in Colorado. And it's interesting. Well, you, tell, you can tell the stories. I mean, many well, times people, it's like, I need it tomorrow. <laughs> I often get calls uh, the night before somebody's going to announce that they're running for office. And, hey, can you help me? And it's like, <laughs> you, you spend time on your signs and your messaging and everything else, but your message and you as the messenger, there's not much I can do an hour before you're going on to mm-hmm. announce. So people should take that into consideration first and foremost. How well am I at delivering a message that hits at the heart, that gets to the head? That is a big challenge for a lot of people. And they have a lot of great ideas. They just can't communicate them. So stories, humor, pacing, body language, all these things help to articulate the message effectively to an audience. I mean, all the things in Liberty Toastmasters. (laughs) We hope. So how can people get information about that? 
Go to our website, LibertyToastmastersClubs.org, or go to the Toastmasters International website. They have both of our clubs, Liberty Toastmasters in Denver and Liberty Toastmasters North in Longmont, and we'd love to have guests and visitors and come and see what we're all about. Okay, well, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, it's Monday, so that means it's Monday night football, and Hooters Restaurants has all kinds of specials during all the different football games. And uh, I think the NFL, since they've gotten past this kneeling thing, there are some fans that say, I'm not going back. But we're starting to see people, you know, love football like we like we used to. <laughs> but there's all kinds of specials. You can find those specials at my website. That's at KimMunson.com under the tab for Hooters Restaurants. And there's five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And they are sponsors. It's a great story about freedom. And capitalism and free markets, that's at the website as well. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Brad Beck. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Hey everybody, Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Um, welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to, to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, did want to mention yesterday's show, America's Veterans Stories, was, was with uh, Colonel John Winkler. He had 84 combat missions in Am I thinking if that's right? Isn't that Steve in uh, Vietnam? So that was on 3 to 4 p.m. It'll uh, rebroadcast this next Sunday, 10 to 11 p.m., and then the next Saturday, 10 to 11 p.m. as well. Let's go to this first headline that just, I always ask Steve when we're doing our pre-call, what's on your radar? And he saw this off of uh, CBS Bay Area. Uh, this is where I found it. CBS Bay Area, San Francisco. And this was uh, September 19th. It says, Hamid Makhadam knows about the city's crime problem all too well. The CEO of San Francisco-based Prologis was robbed at gunpoint outside of his home in broad daylight. <laughs> this is a gang that does this all the time, and they had targeted me from the parking lot, uh, said Mahogdam. The suspects followed Mahogdam to his home in broad daylight. Uh, unbelievable, Steve. Well, I, maybe you preface this with 
what you uh, talked about on Friday with Rick Turnquist. I mean, the timing here is just incredible. Yes, San Francisco. It said the thieves wanted his watch, and they got it, and then they got away. He wasn't harmed, but he was left heartbroken. He said this city has a special place for us because we started our business here four decades ago. And it's a multi-billion dollar real estate empire. And he said he's so concerned. Uh, he said his, he said he wanted to tell his story on KPIX5 because on top of this serious rising crime, he has another concern, his employee safety and the concern other companies may decide to leave or not set up shop here in San Francisco. And, Brad, that's the one of the beauties about America uh, with 50 states and all these different municipalities. If, if a state is making a lot of bad decisions, then people are going to start to vote with their feet. We're seeing that. That's why the federalizing, though, of, of uh, like, if California makes bad decisions, they need to be responsible for those. But then they run to the federal government, and they want money from the federal government. And so we need to kind of change that, I think. Well, also, if you do business in California, they have requirements that make small businesses all around the country conform to. And I found that out when I was working with my previous company. And a lot of times, it, the regulations are so much stricter, a lot of pe- companies will say, I'm not doing business in California anymore. Right. And then people become, quote, criminal, in air quotes there, mm-hmm. uh, because they're smuggling in goods that aren't labeled correctly because they get them in neighboring states. And this is just something that is a, a just like most of the government laws and the regulations that we're finding that there's unintended consequences to these actions. And like you mentioned, people frame it in doing good, but they're really not. They're hurting, especially the people at the lowest rung at the economic levels. Uh, Poor people cannot afford a lot of this. And so you see more and more people on the street. I just came back from Southern California. It is horrendous, the amount of people that are living on the streets. And they talk about finding homes for these people. Well, that's not the, the the problem. They need to shelter them temporarily, but get them back on their feet. Spending billions of dollars on finding housing or building housing is not going to solve the problem. People don't have the skills to take care of themselves, whether it's mental health, whether it's a drug addiction. Uh, people need to know these basic things that we take for granted but yet they're not able or capable of dealing with. And so you see this incredible third world um, uh, thing, an environment that's happening. And it just breaks my heart that the city that I grew up in, Los Angeles, has become a uh, uh, just a terrible place. I was up in the Bay Area. I don't go to San Francisco anymore. Even the city in the flower market where a lot of my business is done. Uh, if I do, it's very early in the morning. I get in and get out. Mm-hmm. And so the, the you can't be too early though, because it's dangerous <laughs> too early too. <laughs> it is, but it's interesting that there's uh, in early three, four in the morning. Most of the criminals aren't around. They're mm-hmm. they're sleeping mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. or doing something else. But uh, you know, at t- two, three o'clock, yeah, you may run into something. Mm-hmm. But uh, certain areas you can go in early, and they've always been fairly safe simply because there's a lot of people around but nowadays you never know right you just don't know and so you have to be mindful yeah your head has to be on a swivel um if you can you have to bring your own protection because you know when seconds count the police are minutes away so you know it's just a different way of thinking about your own safety so these democrats are trying to disarm uh law-abiding citizens 
And yet we see these headlines that Venezuela is emptying their uh, prisons and their jails, and those people are coming to the border. So bad people are coming across the border. Um, and yet uh, these Democrats are also trying to disarm us and insult on the Second Amendment. But I, I, And there's going to be another compassionate uh, question on the ballot, and that is regarding affordable housing. Homelessness, there is an industrial complex now. We will never solve that problem when there's all this money being thrown at it because if they solve the problem, their gravy train goes away. Well, uh, previous Governor Hickenlooper, how many year, how, many, how much uh, money did they spend to end homelessness in Denver? Right. He, uh, have you walked downtown lately? Right. right. <laughs> and uh, he said that they were going to, I think, reduce homelessness or get rid of homelessness in like five years. Well, you put government money in this. And again, they're not going to solve the problem when there is a gravy train on that. And then affordable housing. Uh, Steve, did you want to weigh in on this one? No, I'm sorry to distract you. I just fly, uh, swooping, swapping screens here. This is another problem with Mondays. I can't talk. Uh, don't forget your quote of the day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm going to – let's see. Where are we at? Let's. I'm going to mention this one headline because I think this is important, uh, and that is um, we talk about – they talk about affordable housing. And you can use the word affordable housing once. It's actually subsidized housing. So what we see, we see policy that is making housing unaffordable. We can go all the way back to 30 years ago, 35 years ago, the Enviros shutting down our logging industry, which that raises the cost of lumber that builds homes. It also, on a different issue, and we I've talked about this quite a bit, the mismanagement of the forests, just leaving those forests there. Uh, I, when I drove up to Grand Lake, I looked at the mountainside, and there was all kinds of dead trees. doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, a cigarette or a, a cigarette butt or a lightning strike. We're off to the races on very intense fires. But it's also made housing more and more unaffordable. Policies have made housing more and more unaffordable. It's, it's really squeezing people that don't want to be uh, reliant on the government. And so Xcel Energy, I'm so frustrated with them. I thought that they were in the business of providing a product for us so that we could have the, the energy, the power to power our lives. Instead, big business and big government like each other. And so they have been doing the bidding of the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. Colorado is following California, to your point, uh, Brad, on many of these different policies. Hickenlooper's minions have not said yet whether or not they're going to outlaw gas-powered cars in 2035 like California has, but it's because he's up for re-election. Yeah, Polis. Uh, who did I you say? Said Hickenlooper. Oh, I said. Yeah, I said. I <laughs> He's meant, long gone. I meant Polis. Okay. So anyway, XL and the the Democrats have been in bed together, and now we see this uh, from the Colorado Sun. It says, "Come this Christmas, XL Energy Gas customers will get an unwelcome present from the utility, an approximately fifty four percent increase in their monthly bills compared to Christmas past." The hike in the average December bills to $177 from 115 in 2021 is being driven by a string of rate increases, which in turn has been spurred by ha- higher natural gas prices, according to the Colorado Office of the Utility Consumer Advocate. Producer Steve has a great point. As they're talking about taking uh, these um, clean-burning, coal-fired pla- pa- uh, plants offline, First of all, we need to do a megawatt versus megawatt. How are you going to replace that? 
And then what is the cost of the new megawatt? I think that makes a lot of sense. Nobody asked that question, Brad. Right. And I have a, you know, we always talk about problems when we're together, but I have a solution. I don't know about you, but like once every other month, I get a notice from Excel saying that my neighbors around me are saving energy more than I am. My household energy costs are much higher than them. It's funny, when I knock on their door and ask them to see if they still got one of those uh, uh, letters from Excel, they have the same letter information. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Excel, do us a favor. Stop sending those out. Quit shaming people for using the energy that they're willing to pay for. They're not asking anybody. Their people may be conserving, but maybe they have guests over. Uh, maybe they have a family. Period. Maybe they have a family. Maybe they're using the energy wisely, or maybe they're putting uh, something on, on, like getting an EV and uh, electronic electronic vehicle, and it's charging them more. So, you know, so all these uh, uh, shaming that Excel is doing via the mail. Stop. They'll yeah. save some money, and maybe the rate increases will stop. Well, and uh, they need to start to uh, <clears throat> stand up for the consumer instead of for this ideology. Okay, quote for the day. We kind of zoom through other things here. That happens when you come <laughs> up. Okay, and this is, oh, you're going to like the end, end of the show, but this is from Norman Douglas. And um, he was born in 1868. And he died in 1952. He was an essayist and novelist who wrote of southern Italy, where he lived for many years, latterly on the island of Capri, the setting of his most famous book, South Wind. And he said, you can tell the ideals of a nation by its advertisements. I guess we could just let that sink in, but there's all... <laughs> I remember when we were kids, well, when I was a kid, it was uh, it was um, oh, cereal and... You know, washing machines. I think when Steve was a kid, I think it was like uh, new, better horse, uh, horse and buggy. <laughs> here I am sitting here minding my own business and trying to behave, listening to these setups. Uh, but I actually thought about that one yesterday when I was putting that on the. I thought I'm going to get Steve tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Now you're plotting in advance. Okay. Great. No, when we were kids, uh, you know, cigarette commercials were still. Everywhere, right. you know, billboards, tel- television, and whatnot. That's certainly a thing of the past. Actually, I saw a picture the other day of somebody in a hospital who went around with a, you know, wearing one of those things that you could sell from, and she was selling cigarettes to patients in the hospitals. How far <laughs> have we come? We've come a long. Oh yeah. Now we're just we're doing forced vaccines though, which is kind of amazing things. So. And everybody <clears throat> today on. Uh, you, you watch anything on TV, it's all about this medicine or that medicine. I know. It's all pharmaceuticals. And it's like, are you kidding me? I know. I mean, life by science is great, but <laughs> not yeah. that way. I know. Yeah. Uh, it tells a lot about the society. So I thought that was a fascinating a fascinating um, quote. So let's go to break. When we come back, Brad Beck and I will talk about his latest essay, We Are the Problem. Stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national 
national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner, including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And before a couple of things, before we get over to Brad Beck regarding his latest essay, We Are the Problem. First thing, this uh, Thursday night, September 29th, uh, John Caldera and the team over at Independence Institute is having a not-so-libertarian block party honoring uh, Governor Jared Polis. And the tickets are $0.10. Cents. However, when you add in all the Polis fees, they're actually $35. <laughs> Which I find. I love it. That's John. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. Erin uh, Lee, who is a, just a courageous mother, will be uh, receiving the... 2022 Vern Bickle Award for Grassroots Leadership. And uh, also, I'm going to receive my award from 2020. Uh, I received that in, well, I was awarded that in 2020 during COVID. There was no event. And so John called and said, did we ever give you your award? I said, (laughs) award? I guess we didn't. So that's going to be fun. So join us. It should be a lot of fun. More information at I2I. That's I, the number two, I.org, and would love to see you on uh, Thursday night. And then one other thing I just wanted, uh, yesterday I saw this headline from msn.com, 
and this just pretty well says it all. I don't need to say much more other than California is withholding its standardized text, test results until after Election Day. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out, though, to John Caldera because uh, the Independence Institute allows us to use their facility, as they do with many other freedom-oriented organizations. Mm-hmm. And they're very generous with their facility, and they're just wonderful people. And if people can give, uh, donate to them, they run so many wonderful programs and inform the public uh, they're the only freedom-oriented entity around the Capitol. Everybody else is that special interest, mm-hmm. and all they do is talk about and promote freedom and mm-hmm. liberty in Colorado, and I think they do a marvelous job. Right. And you're referring to Liberty Toastmasters. Correct. That's where uh, Denver meets. So, okay, let's jump in here to We Are the Problem. And uh, you started off with, you said, you, you know, we watch the news channel, we see the president, he's demonizing 76 million of us here in the country. Uh, He talks about unity, but it's anything but. So, you know, tell me your journey about how you decided to write this piece. Well, it just got to the point where I was seeing all this imagery and hearing all these things, and it's one after another. We, We hear about President Biden being the unifier when really his messaging is not. Right. He... Uh, recently gave that speech in Philadelphia, and the backdrop was almost satanic, if not, you know. Wasn't that wild? It was just bizarre. I mean, whoever thought of that wasn't thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was bad staging. And his tone, his rhetoric was just demeaning. It wasn't hopeful. And think of what you want about President Trump, but he was always hopeful. And his rallies continue on, and there are Thousands of people that wait hours and hours and hours, days Mm -hmm. to go in. And it's a hopeful message. Contrast the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, That got me thinking about what is our purpose as citizens, because we have an involvement in our government. And we've advocated that for too long. You know, Tom Cranwitter, a friend of ours, Dr. Cranwitter, talks about being self-reliant and self-restrained and self-assertive, but we have to have civic knowledge as well. These are the foundational blocks of citizenry. Mm -hmm. And if we as citizens don't stop complaining to the TV and our neighbors and are in our own little silos, if we don't get up and go to our local school board, our local town, our local, just any entity that's in our communities and start participating by one listening hearing what's going on i think that's huge and let's face it it's not always fun it's not exciting a lot of things you won't understand but you got to start showing up and listening to the activities that are going on and so long we've abdicated this to others we haven't been part of the the discussion because we thought other people would be at the vanguard protecting our rights Mm -hmm. well as we see that hasn't happened. Our every institution has been infiltrated by special interests and an ideology that has really made America a totally different place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time that we need to every one of us need to do something, one thing. And so one of the things I'm doing and I thought long and hard is I'm running as a commissioner in the town of Erie to be part of the charter process. Now, There is uh, nothing wrong with home rule if it's done correctly. I'm not against home rule or local control, Mm -hmm. as they call it. But when I started scratching the surface and there is a yes on home rule in my town, I started becoming concerned because I read their own words. Okay, so you're talking about a campaign yes on home rule, correct? There is, yes. Okay. And uh, in November, November 8th, there will be a local ballot issue, shall the town of Erie 
be home rule. Right now we're a statutory town, which means the laws and everything that uh, affects our community are by state statute. A lot of people talk about, well, I want more control of what we do here because we're different than Denver. Mm -hmm. Great. Sounds wonderful. The framing is perfect. However, when you start looking at what local control does and what people want to do locally, your town administration and your officials, you scratch the surface and say, well, wait a minute. They're saying to the citizens right up front on their website, they could potentially have a pollution tax. Well, goodbye to affordable, available, abundant Mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. And it's going to impact all those people in trailer homes in my community. It talks about a business consumer use tax. Well, how are you attracting business if you're going to tax computers, new equipment, anything that they bring in that potentially could be taxed? They talk about computer software taxes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, every time you do an upgrade, are they going to tax it additionally from what you're already paying in state taxes? Wow. So this creates a whole local level of government that now you have to have somebody administer. So the town finance department is going to have to hire three to five people, they say. And our town hall is already crowded. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to put more people. There's going to be more costs, but they won't tell us how much more cost. It's kind of like Nancy Pelosi. We have to pass it Mm -hmm. before we find Mm -hmm. out what's in the bill. And then I start thinking, well, is a new town hall uh, bond far behind? Mm -hmm. Because again, unattended consequences. You got to house these people somewhere. What really started to get the bells going was when they said a occupational privilege tax. That's a headcount tax. Really? I mean, one of the biggest problems that my community has had in Erie, Colorado, is that there's a perception by entrepreneurs it costs too much to do business in our community. Mm-hmm. During the Wuhan virus, they negated mm-hmm. the business tax. Well, why do we have taxes on businesses? Mm-hmm. What, what's the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. When you ask that question, nobody can give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about commodities being taxed or new equipment being taxed. They're talking about uh, this headcount. I mean, really, how are you going to attract entrepreneur, entrepreneurs? You won't. You, no. you, you, won't. you have to subsidize people, so they have subsidized the big guys to come in. Right. They give them tax breaks. But all those small entrepreneurs and small businesses are taxed, whether it's at a local, uh, and you have state taxes, you have the cultural tax mm-hmm. for all the museums, mm-hmm. you have taxes on transportation. By the way, we still haven't seen anything from RTD up in our neck mm-hmm. of the woods in the north part. And so I'm not sure you want to. No, I, and I don't, <laughs> but I'm saying we've been taxed. Right, you were promised it, though. We promised mm-hmm. it up in Boulder County, haven't seen it yet. So the point being is there are all these wonderful ideas that we can be con- in control of the taxes. And my, saying, my, my belief is we have enough taxes. We have enough taxes. People have metro districts that they pay a mill levy for, and right. they're like, what's this when they move into a new right. home? Home sales are slowing down, as you know, and interest rates are rising. And I'm concerned that all this... Inflation, too. It's incredible. And one of the things that we have to do as citizens is say, is there an opportunity where I can get involved and get on a board or commission? Kathleen Chandler at the Independence Mm -hmm. Institute has worked tirelessly on this whole idea of getting on a board or commission. And so I finally said, you know, there's an opening. Mm -hmm. It's for 180 days. I can stand the stench of making Mm -hmm. a sausage Mm -hmm. locally and being an elected official. So my name is on the ballot. If you know anybody that resides in Erie, I'm number 14. Mm -hmm. It was a random pick. And I'm advocating that we 
for myself to vote no on this home rule. They're being disingenuous about how they're phrasing this. And the way they're going about it, um, there's 18 people on the ballot. I'm one of them. So the ballot measure is structured to where you vote yes or no on home rule. And you recommend no. I recommend no. But then you also have to, even if you vote no, vote for nine individuals. Because if it does pass, they're going to pick from the top vote getters on that ballot. How many? They're going to pick nine. Okay. So nine individuals will be on the charter commission, have 180 days to come up with this new charter to present it to the community, and then we'll have a vote on it mm-hmm. again in a year. And so by doing that, they're couching it as, again, a citizen-led mm-hmm. opportunity to get involved. Mm-hmm. And in, in point of fact, what they're really saying is that, first of all, by putting the Voting the yes part or no in the beginning and then voting for nine, most people are going to vote no and then walk away. They're they're done. And so I'm afraid that the people that are going to be on this charter commission um, have some special interest backing them. You think? So, uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's go to break. Uh, In studio with me is Brad Beck. We're talking about this piece, We Are the Problem, and Erie, considering... Uh, becoming a home rule city may sound good, but there's always some some questions about that. Before we go to break, though, a nonprofit that I care deeply about is the USMC Memorial Foundation, and they're raising money in the money raising phase right now to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And Brad, as we talk about these these things, these issues, sometimes we just think about 2022. We need to remember. Those that stood up to tyrants in the past, and they gave their lives or were willing to give their lives because they are Americans. And that's why this Marine Memorial is so important. So you can help support them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Brad Beck. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me 
at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, Brad Beck is in studio with me. Uh, We'll be rolling out his essay, We Are the Problem. And it ultimately goes down to that we have abdicated. We have abdicated our civic responsibility. We have thought that people cared, uh, that people that were stepping forward, that were enthusiastic about stepping forward, that they were stepping forward because they cared about their constituents they cared about the american idea they would never want to hurt us would they well we look at what's happening with the biden administration economic policies it's hurting people on the lowest rungs of the economic ladder those that are wanting to move up that economic ladder it's holding them down and um, these policies uh, open border knowing venezuela is emptying its jails and its prisons and we have an open border I mean, we never dreamed that we would have people in office that would not work to protect the American people and our economy. I hear constantly from friends, family, acquaintances, I don't have time. I'm busy trying to make a living. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm taking them to soccer practice or piano recital. Or, and I get that. You know, I, I was a young dad at one point, and sometimes there wasn't enough hours in the day to do what you needed to do just to get done with that. But if we don't put some time into our civic engagement, we're going to lose it all. And I got tired of saying, I just don't have time. I'm traveling on business. Uh, I'm busy if in there was one person who would have an excuse <laughs> if I don't have time, it would be you. <laughs> but you've got to make time and you've got to figure a way that instead of watching that hour of TV, right. do something like write an op-ed, do a little research, take 15 minutes in the morning before you really get busy. 15 minutes at the end of the day and find the opportunity to get informed on an issue that you're passionate about and take action and talk to people and find out information that will help you understand the ideas of freedom versus Mm -hmm. force. Mm -hmm. If we don't do that individually, our families are going to suffer. We see it with inflation. Every time my wife goes to the market, everything is going up. Every time I pump gas, Everything is going up. And it's because of public policy. Exactly. And we're, we're thinking, oh, it's just that that one hurt us. Oh, the children need it. Mm-hmm. Well, the children already have a lot out mm-hmm. there in the sense that there's program after program after program, and they're not working. Why don't we stop and look at all these programs and say, why isn't it working? Mm-hmm. Throwing money at the problem does not fix the problem. And so we have mm-hmm. to understand the problem. Where did they come from? I would love to think, idealistically, we would get rid of homelessness. We would get rid of people not being able economically to live in our country. And that's probably never going to go away. I hate to But it's not government's job. Right. It is not government's job to address that. Exactly. And if you have nonprofits that are having to compete to help solve the problem, you're going to start to see the problem being solved. Right. I'm a member of the Optimist Club of Erie. We're running our Erie Erie at the end of the month. It's a great fundraiser. Uh, it's a 5 and 10K. And all the money we raise outside of the small cost to run it with the racing company and some expenditures, uh, all of that goes back into our community. And we run that race. Uh, and it was like the third or second or third largest activity in my town for years and years and years. And when the town opened a rec center, guess what they started doing? They have their races. Now, competition is good. Don't get me wrong. 
But it's interesting that one of the first big activities they did was they have the turkey trot and they have the 4th of July race. And we've always had the Erie Erie in our community. You think that two races kind of push out the one race that all the funds go back into the community for children because we're known as the friend of youth and we do youth-based programs. So to your point, when government gets involved, they start crowding out those nonprofits, the churches, the synagogues, mm-hmm. and the mosques, the people that do things for their own community, and people start relying on government. And it becomes that cow that everybody mm-hmm. sucks on the teat, and mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you, you just hit a nerve <laughs> with me. And that is uh, so South Suburban Metropolitan District. Um, you know, when I first moved in, it was uh, parks and trails. So- sounded good to me. Then they started putting in rec centers. And I don't use the rec center, but I pay taxes for it. Right. Uh, instead, I would prefer that people that want to use it, that they, they pay a, a fee. They, it, it'd be private. But, and then I realized at one of the bond questions, I looked upon it. This was when I was starting to pay attention, and they were asking for more money for South Suburban. But in it, they were detabering it. That meant that they had a, a little clause in there that said that they got to keep all the extra money in the future that by Colorado Constitution, the Tabor, uh, Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, should come back to us. It was so sneaky. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to vote no because you're not being straight with me. Right. But then they have built a monstrosity, beautiful facility, hockey, all co- and, and uh, again, competing with – with the private entities, uh, and I'm like, I'm paying way too much in taxes when they're able to build something like that. And it's not just paying the taxes. They always couch it as helping the community and creating this sense of community. But that's not government's job. Government has one job, to protect the individual rights of its citizens, Mm -hmm. those God-given rights by our creator. And whether you agree with that or not, that is their task, period. That is what the founders created. We have a Declaration of Independence. We have a Constitution. We need to follow that original Constitution. As Lincoln said, it's the apple of gold surrounded by the frame of silver. And if we don't protect it, if we don't know the points of danger, as he said in the fragments of the Constitution, we're going to lose this. And the only way I see that we can get this back is to become involved at some level and some board, some commission, slowing down the process, actually almost stopping the process Mm -hmm. because too much happens. You go down to the Capitol, they're gearing up for probably another 500 laws Mm -hmm. put in place. We don't need another law. We We don't need need any. We need 500 repealed. In fact, I now which candidate, we have some really great candidates running. Yes, we do. And I asked her what... Uh, what um, piece of legislation would she push? And she said, I would start to repeal things. I'm like, ah, I love that. <laughs> I truly love that. We've got a minute. Um, boy, this is important, Brad. How, how do you want to button this up? Well, I think people need to pay attention to what's going on locally. I mean, we, we hear what's going on in Washington. Sometimes people are paying attention to what's happening at the state level. But we really need to pay attention at our towns and our, and our cities, what they're doing at those town meetings. Mm -hmm. Force yourself to go or watch it on TV. And if something just strikes you, put on a pair of pants and go down to the city hall and give Mm -hmm. them your two minutes of of time Mm -hmm. and tell them why you think what they're doing is wrong. Or how can you do something with an RTD board or a water district board or many the library board? Mm -hmm. There's so many opportunities out there. 
So get in touch with Kathleen Chandler at the Independence Institute. Find a position in your local town, your your state party, your local party has the opportunities out there, and take action. If we don't take action, we're going to lose it all. And uh, the time is now. It can't be tomorrow. We need to be doing this now because we are at a, uh, we're really at a precipice on the American idea. So thanks for being here. You're going to love the quote by Norman Turmer, or excuse me, Norman Douglas at the end of the show. He said, um, distrust of authority should be the first civic duty. Yes, always. (laughs) Trust but verify. (laughs) Exactly. So, Brad, it's great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks, And you're going to stay on for the second hour. I'll be here. Awesome. Okay, so we'll be back here in just a few moments with the second hour. So today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. This is our number two. As you know, we're on the uh, broadcast live uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. First hour is rebroadcast 1 to 2 in the afternoon, second hour 10 to 11 at night. This is on all KLZ 560 platforms. So that's KLZ 560 AM, KLZ 100.7 FM, the website and the app. And then, of course, we do. We're actually uh, have podcasts on the streaming services. We put those up uh, in studio with me. You've stayed, and that is Brad Beck. It's great to have you here. Well, it's a great day, and uh, happy New Year to all my Jewish friends. Shana Tova, it's fifty-seven eighty-three. And when I think about that, that's a long time. <laughs> 5783. Yeah. So tell me that about that. So the Jewish calendar started 5783 years ago. And we celebrate the new year, what's uh, called Rosh Hashanah, which literally means head of the year. And so 10 days from now, we'll have the Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Uh-huh. And that's when most Jews uh, pray and fast and uh, ask for forgiveness. So they're written in the uh, the book for another year. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful time, those 10 days of reflection and asking for uh, forgiveness from people that you may have done wrong uh, in the past or mm-hmm. reflecting on things that you can do better in your okay. life. And okay. so for 5,783 years, the people of... Uh, of Israel and, and Jews around the world have celebrated this wonderful holiday. Wow. Remarkable. Yeah. Absolutely remarkable. Reminds, okay, I, I'm going to, uh, Steve, don't say anything. I'm going to date myself. <laughs> but uh, um, so I got, I had got very good grades in school. And so when I was a senior. You were the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a senior, I actually had, um, it was independent study. 
which was not a great idea because for the first part of it, I spent that in the student union talking to people. <laughs> and so got right. But um, I tried to bite this off. I said the Jews and the Arabs and their role in the Middle East conflict. You can believe I tried to do that as a senior, but I learned a lot. <laughs> but was it Yom Kippur where there was attack on Israel? Yes, and 1973. 1973. Yeah. And what I learned from that is it actually was a positive because when the attack occurred, uh, they knew where all of the generals and everybody was, and they, they could mobilize them because nobody was on the roads. And so it actually... I mean, the attack was not a positive, but it was positive because it was on Yom Kippur. Yeah, Did you ever hear that? To, yeah, they were able to to really um, get to where they needed to be because right. there wasn't the traffic and everything that normally happens on day-to-day. But that was actually the, I believe, third or fourth uh, time that the Arab communities had tried to wipe Israel off the map. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been going on for a long time, and uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we had several chances with the Abraham Accords that President Trump I know. implemented, and that has all been put on the back burner, right. unfortunately. And you look at all the other more moderate nations, the Arab nations that are out there, when they start doing commerce with Israel, all of a sudden, all that animosity goes away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so you have a, a small fraction incited by Iran. And I don't know if you've read lately or seen, but in, in the Iranian people are, are protesting now because of this young woman who wasn't wearing her hajib in the right way. A little bit of her hair was showing more than normal. The moral police came out, detained her, and killed her. And there have been riots in the street, and you're not hearing a darn thing about it in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for America to stand up and say we support the Iranian people and the theocracy's got to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and <clears throat> the world is a much more dangerous place uh, in the Biden administration versus the Trump administration. It's just uh, and they, they talked about Trump being a warmonger and he's the only president that hasn't got, gotten us involved in into different conflicts. So, OK, um, let's see. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you. Okay. Hey, check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. Thank you to all of you who support us. And thank you for listening. I so appreciate each and every one of you. You're treasured. You're valued. Uh, Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you. I get to work with a great team of people. And that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, Very quickly, oh, I better do our quote for the day. And that is from, here we go, Norman Douglas, born in 1868, died in 1952. Uh, He was an essayist, novelist, who wrote of southern Italy, where he lived for many years. Laterally, on the island of Capri, the setting of his most famous book, South Wind. And he said, you can tell the ideals of a nation by its advertisements. And we'll just let that sit out there and ruminate for just a little bit. And uh, two things. wanted to mention this, and that is, first of all, this is from governing.com. I don't know where Patty finds some of this stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's titled, Why Denver and L.A. Are Backing Away from Highway Expansions. 
It says new rules that require measuring greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector, as well as concerned about air pollution, have led to the cancellation of what critics are calling highway boondoggles. A planning authority in Denver took the rare step this week of deciding that the highway running through the heart of the region is wide enough as it is and redirecting funds that were previously assigned to lane expansions for other improvements instead. It says under the new plan approved by Dr. Cog, that's the Denver Regional Council of Governments, on Wednesday night, Interstate 25 won't get any new toll lanes, which have been on the books for the last several years. Instead, I-25 and another highway C-470 will get improvements to key access points and interchanges to improve safety and traffic flow. And around $900 million in transportation funding will be redirected away from the highway expansion projects to other improvements, including building out a bus rapid transit corridor in the Denver area. Any comments on that, well, Brad? probably nobody would use that, and mm-hmm. they'll probably put it towards EVs, electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because there are places that you cannot go on a train or a bus or any other that's fixed on a route. And it really hurts people who are at the lower level, the economic level, if they don't have transportation they get from point A to point B. And so why not put that money invested into people that need transportation and have a rideshare car available to those people? A lot cheaper than having a bus. Well, and actually, we were talking about charities earlier, and uh, Randall O'Toole has a piece, and this is in Complete Colorado, page two, and he says, mobility matters, why cars and roads are far superior to transit, so that people can go where they want to, when they want to, and one of the most freedom things you could do, and I know that Karen Levine's church has done this, that has been to buy vehicles for, say, a single mom that wants to have employment opportunities instead of having to just have a job along that corridor. So, Brad, back. Let's. Uh, we're going to go to break here in a little bit. Before we do that, though, Roots Medical is a great sponsor of the show. And they're very involved with Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. And they're called Roots Medical, R-O-O-T-S Medical, because they want they don't want to just treat symptoms of your health, but actually get to the root of that. And Cora Madison with Roots Medical is on the line. Cora, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Cora, what uh, what do you want people to know on, on this uh, this Monday? Well, we just want people to know that it's, a good thing to get preventative care right and really like you said we want to get to the root cause of what your aches and pains are right so before things get into a state of illness right or you're in an emergency to come and to get seek preventative care really check on your health and your wellness and just make sure that we can help you optimize your health especially going into our cold and flu season, which is so common here in Colorado. And there are things that people can do to boost their immune systems, correct, Cora? Of course, yep. So eating healthy is always a good way. Um, Good Using good um, sanitary things, right? Washing our hands, using Kleenex, those things are always important. And then also just, you know, taking vitamins, taking zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, those things can really help boost your immune system. Okay. One other thing very exciting about Roots Medical, and that is you are bringing on a pediatrician. That's correct. We have a nurse practitioner who's been practicing uh, pediatrics for over 10 years who has joined our practice. So not only do we want to help adults, but we also want to help kids um, stay healthy and live healthy. So what is that website, Cora, how people can reach out to you and get more information? 
It's Roots Medical, like you said, R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Okay, that's rootsmedical.net. And Cora, it's uh, always great to have you on. I always learn something from each of you on your team. So again, that's rootsmedical, R-O-O-T-S, rootsmedical.net. Cora, we will talk to Roots Medical again next week. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, we're going to go to break. Brad Beck is in studio. And uh, his essay will roll out this weekend as we are the problem. Uh, Very important conversation coming up with Jen Gibbons, who is with the Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network, and Stephanie Hancock, who is running for Colorado House District 41. And again, Brad, I've mentioned there are amazing people that are stepping forward to run for office. Stephanie Hancock is one of those. We want to talk about SEL. This is something that's called social-emotional learning. What does that really mean? Parents need to know that. And then also this Colorado Healthy Kids Survey. And I think that Kane, uh, we had him on just recently with Ashley with Task Force Freedom on how parents can opt out of this. So we will be right back with Stephanie Hancock and Jen Gibbons. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at the issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, Brad Beck is in studio with me. Uh, first hour, we've focused on uh, his upcoming essay, We Are the Problem. It's great to have you here. And it's always great when you can stay for the second hour as well. I always enjoy it. I always learn something. You so always learn you. something. I know. On the line with me, first of all, is Stephanie Hancock. She is a candidate for House District 41 here in Colorado. Stephanie Hancock, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. How is the campaign going? Well, it's going pretty good. I am knocking and walking and meeting just some amazing people every single day along the the campaign trail. What I'm finding is most people are very frustrated with what is going on right now. They don't feel that our country is going in the right direction, and they don't feel like they're being heard. And it's great to know that, you know, they have an opportunity to choose something different, and a lot of people have expressed to me that they are. And how can people get more information about you, Stephanie? What is your website? My website is stephaniehancockhd41.com. You can reach out to me uh, on the website. There are opportunities for you to walk and knock with me, make phone calls. In the last days of this 
election as we head into November 8th. It's a critical time. So if you want to volunteer, walk and knock with me, contribute to the campaign, that would be wonderful. Stephanie Hancock, HD41.com. Okay, well, Stephanie, it's great to have you here. Uh, We're going to be talking about some important issues. Uh, Jen Gibbons, she is with the Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network. Jen Gibbons, you are doing amazing work. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. So, Steph, uh, let's see. Jen, let's start. It's great to have you. Jen, let's start with you. Uh, two things we're going to talk about is, first of all, SEL, social emotional learning. Sounds good. Is it? Tell us, Jen. You're right. It does sound good, especially when there's such an epidemic with mental health in, in, in our schools. Everywhere we look, people are struggling. The problem is, is there so many questions, and is it appropriate to embed SEL into every single subject? At Cherry Creek School District, our kids are not performing just like they aren't everywhere in the state. So why are we asking our teachers to not only teach for different styles of learning styles in the classroom, but also identify emotional problems and talk about them? Our teachers are not psychologists. Um, We also have the question about what are they doing with the data once they have it. Um, So so we don't think it's a productive way to use class time minutes. Well, and just a couple of things. Um, I had mentioned this in the first hour, I think, maybe... Uh, And that is that, this is from MSN.com, California is withholding their standardized test results until after Election Day. So what that would mean is is their their kids are getting dumbed down, probably, Mm -hmm. and their kids are not learning to read and write and do arithmetic. But the social-emotional learning, uh, kids are impressionable. Uh, they can be guided through different questions. Um, they and through that they can seeds can be embedded in kids' minds about something they may not have even thought anything about. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie Hancock, what's your comments on this? Well, I, I think this is this is while SEL on its face sounds like it's a wonderful thing to help us uh, navigate with children, but to Jen's point, teachers are not equipped to administer such a survey to kids. I mean, for example, they're looking at sexuality, spirituality, gender ideology, beliefs, worldview. Now, I'm trying to figure out how a seventh grader, you know, a 12-year-old, can understand all of these things and really articulate their feelings. So most 12-year-olds don't even know their favorite color, and they're asking them about sexuality and spirituality and gender ideology. And I think it, it, it... undermines uh, a kid's uh, self-worth and who they are, and it's confusing. And also, this data mining that they're doing is dangerous. How are they segmenting these kids off? What are they doing with this information once they get it? I think it's very troubling. Okay, now, Stephanie, you're talking about this uh, Colorado Healthy Kids, or Healthy Kids Colorado survey, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, Jen, you sent this over uh, and we have it for both middle school and high school. And um, first of all, I, I'm, I'm just pretty shocked about the questions. Let's just go through. Number one is how old. This is for middle kids, middle school mm-hmm. kids. Uh, how old are you? In what grade are you? What is your gender identity? Female, male, gender queer, non-binary. I do not know my gender identity. I have a different identity. And then the fourth one is a transgender question. This is right out of the box, Jen Gibbons. And this survey, is this given in school or when is this, when is this administered? 
This is administered during schools, ages 10 through 16. So age 10. So, you know, my kids luckily haven't had to deal with this. My oldest is, uh, you know, old, old enough that uh, I'm not too worried about it. But if I had a 10-year-old in school right now, I would definitely want to opt out of this survey because they have these little questions about their sexuality, about their... At 10 years old. 10 years old. 10 years old. And, you know, it's not normal in our family. We have different beliefs. And and if your family is is one that says, you know, sexuality is a spectrum and you can have different pronouns, you know, that's really fine with me. You can do that in your family, absolutely. But in our family, we believe that there's two genders. So if you're asking my child what their pronoun is, that's going against our ideology. And that's, that's what, that's the disconnect is, is I don't know that schools understand that even asking my child is a breach of our, our personal freedom. Well, and just putting this, a 10 year old, uh, uh, just these things, I mean, most 10 year olds, you'd like them to be kids. I mean, honest to Pete. Uh, Stephanie, uh, I'd like kids to be kids. I look at these little kids, uh, and it seems like the radical activist left really wants to get their hands on our children. now. And if kids make it out of the womb uh, with, you know, all this Planned Parenthood stuff, then the first thing you seems that uh, these PBIs want to get their hands on these little kids. In fact, one of our, our comments, or, or one of the, the things that Steve has pulled and you know, as the show is introduced on one of the days, is an early childhood learning district. Uh, that is not something that we should actually have, Stephanie. So I'm just, I'm so concerned. I look at our little children, and I'm thinking they're just being attacked on all different uh, uh, ways, Stephanie. Yes, they are. And, and I believe that surveys like this are designed to steer children in a certain way. And also, they say it's anonymous. But I, I have a problem with just even asking children some of these questions. Have you ever had a sexual experience where you are unsure if you were granting consent? I mean, I, you know, it, 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 the family is the foundation of our society. And this, to me, is an affront to family dynamics and what parents, as the first educators, should be doing with children. And I just feel like this on its face is really scary. I'm reading this book by Keith Headship right now, and it is just, again, another assault on educational experience for children. They should be learning to do reading and writing and math, <laughs> not, not sexualizing mm-hmm. our children. They should be able to make friends and have fun and learn things like how to read um, this and, and think for themselves, not what to think, not how to think, but to be their own thoughts machines to be able to think for themselves absolutely stephanie and jen uh, i have learned that surveys can actually through the questions they guide they can guide to a certain outcome so what do you think uh jen is the the agenda here uh, for this um healthy kids colorado survey that's exactly our question is is what do we do with the data um, and I, I would encourage anyone listening, if you have a child in Cherry Creek or if you, or, or really anywhere, if you have a child or a grandchild or know a neighbor, encourage them to go to our website, cherrycreekparents.org, to opt out of these surveys. Because you just don't know what they do with the data, uh, especially the social-emotional learning data. Um, 
you know, the mental health is, is a concern, but what business is that of the teacher? And, you know, they're, they're gradually, the district seems to gradually be taking away parents' freedoms. And they're looking at mm-hmm. parents as obstacles instead of partners and, and, and sovereign. Like, I believe that parents are sovereign in a child's life, and they should make those those choices and know what's going on and they find something that that's uh, menacing with a, with a child or that's, that's uh, you know through social emotional learning surveys that they find if a child is suffering mentally then they don't necessarily even have to tell the parents like that's alarming so so the agenda is is our question too I mean there's there's a broad scope of what you might think you know you hear a Marxist agenda and, and all of these things and but we just don't know we don't, we don't know what they're, I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, intention is positive where they're trying to help children, obviously, but, but what it's really doing in the long run, we won't know, we won't know. And it's a, it's a concern for everybody, not just people with kids, but the whole community, these kids are the ones that are going to be making decisions for our, our, for us and, and helping us and taking care of us when we're older. So it should, this needs to matter to everybody. And with, with teachers, they're barely able to, uh, with 30 kids in the classroom, one teacher, they have all that they can do to get kids through the day so that they can do the work, the reading, writing, and arithmetic that kids need to do. To have teachers who are in Colorado, some of the lowest paid in the country, to have these teachers also act as psychologists, I think it's well outside the scope of what teachers should do. Well, agreed. And Jen, I really think a healthy classroom, and I've I've seen teachers that have what I would consider a healthy classroom, where they are trying to help each child thrive and mm-hmm. uh, flourish, to learn to mm-hmm. read. One of the best things for, of course, you have to be careful what they read, but... Um, and I, I'm not into censorship, but I really like to guide students to great books. Brad, would you like to weigh in on this? Well, I, as I'm listening to you ladies speak about this, I'm wondering if they spent the same amount of time, rather than working on these surveys, investing in the children, striving for excellence, how much better those students would be. How, how much better they'd mm-hmm. feel about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And the other Indeed. thing I would I would uh, share with you is read a great book by Leonard Reed once on uh, talking to myself. And he talked about the difference between education, which oftentimes is propaganda, as opposed to eduction, which comes from the Latin edicere, which means to reveal. And mm-hmm. if you put something that is right or left and put it in front of a child and let them explore that and read it and ask a lot of questions, they'll come to a pretty good um result most times because they're curious they want to know all sides of an argument and so this idea of eduction to me is more attractive than education okay let's let let's let that ruminate out there right now stephanie and jen we're going to go to break brad beck is in studio uh, and when we come back we'll let you uh, comment on this education versus versus eduction right okay so we'll be right back Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. 
Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner, including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our, our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. There's so much I want to. I want to ask right now, Stephanie Hancock is on the line, and as well as Jen Gibbons. Stephanie Hancock, uh, very quickly, you're running for Colorado State House. Uh, so important that um, that we we elect people like you that care about people, uh, representing the people, instead of uh, trying to push forward ideologies and an agenda. Stephanie Hancock, what is your website? My website is stephaniehancockhd41.com. You can go on there. Um, you can volunteer. You can walk and knock with me. You can contribute. And, and, and more importantly, pray for me as we're in these last days before November 8th. It's very important. 
Very important. And Jen Gibbons is with uh, the Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network. So, Jen, I'm going to go to you first and then to uh, Stephanie. And, and Brad Beck had, uh, had the question there, education versus eduction. And, um, and, and, again, set that up if people are just joining us, Brad. Well, yeah, I read this book by uh, Leonard E. Reed, uh, Talking to Myself, and I believe it on the, in the fourth chapter. He talked about the, the dangers of education because it's become, and this was in the 1970s, um, more of uh, indoctrination. And when you use eduction of the capacity of a child to look at things from right, wrong, good, bad, they're able to come to a, a um, reasoned uh, idea and ask a lot of questions and use their critical thinking skills, and I think that's what's lacking. So I'm curious what your ladies' thoughts on those are. Okay, Jen, let's go to you first. Yeah, so when I was younger, we read books. I don't know if you did this too, but the junior grade books. And the junior grade books were wonderful stories, and they always had a character development piece. So those um, those books, you, you found commonalities with your humanity. And you can look at both sides of the perspective and, and understand that that's it, that's perspective. Now we have teachers that are more or less activists. And they, they present things as a, play, as a person in authority and unilaterally. And, you know, we see this especially in high school where, you know, even just wearing like a Black Lives Matter t-shirt is, is not eduction. It's, it's showing one side of the story unilaterally about a, especially something that's um, that's controversial, and that's exactly what we want. Like I, I want my child to know about both sides of a controversial subject, so they can learn how to think and not and like what you said, not what to think. So that's very much happening with our schools today. Is we are not giving a child the chance to look at something and make make deductions based on their character character development learned at from stories and from um, character development at home. Uh, good point on that. Stephanie, your thoughts on this, education versus eduction. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that as well. What we have abandoned here in America over the past hundred years is the learning of the classical American paideia. And it's a word that people don't even use anymore. It is uh, uh, reading, writing, math, uh, rhetoric, logic, uh, music, and astronomy. Not to be confused with astrology, but astronomy. <laughs> and I mean, this is a basic, uh, the basic tenets of education for young people, you know, at the turn of the century. Well, now we're in the 21st century, but at, in the 20th century, at the turn of the 20th century, even a second grader had those basic skills to compete. Now, these kids today don't have the skills to compete, and they are not broadly learning so that they can, you know, look at the world in a dispassionate manner and, and to your point, Jen, to articulate and discover who they are on their own. Um, to Mr. Reed's point, it is just we're just teaching, we're just shoving information in the kids, and they're not able to disseminate and to distill it and to really make it work for them. And sadly, we're all victims of that if we've been educated in this country over the past hundred years. Well, and to Brad's point in his uh, We Are the Problem essay, we need to be stepping forward. And Jen Gibbons, you and the team over there at Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network 
are really stepping forward, uh, attending school board meetings and asking questions. And Brad had mentioned that he had asked a question at a town council meeting and they abruptly stopped the meeting. Correct, Brad? Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. so they like to kick the can down the road to another meeting, which makes it difficult for people to take time off work, arrange for children. But, Jen, your team over there at Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network is not giving up, correct? We're not. We still go to every meeting, and they're not easy. You know, we all have families, and and it's it's hard to go. It, it's it's at 7 p.m. That's not a very good time, and we've asked them several times to make these meetings available online, and they haven't they haven't done that, which is fairly easy. I mean, it, I I don't know really of any meeting now that can't have a hybrid option where you can go in person or attend online. Um, but it, it does feel futile every time that we go and, and say our speech. They never respond. They don't respond to emails. Um, yeah, Cherry Creek is, is not really open to us, which is, which is interesting. They, they are very open to the other side. Um, we did a CORA request and got, um, you know, hundreds of pages of emails where uh, if, if a parent were to uh, complain about something, it depends on what it is, whether or not they get the, get the attention that they deserve. So, so it's yeah, you're right. They they do like to kick the can, and they do they do uh, we do feel ignored a lot. But we're we're going to keep on working because we feel like it's important enough to to keep at it. So well, absolutely. And uh, Stephanie, I think you mentioned around the turn of the 20th century. Uh, what kids were kind of education they were receiving, and I just encourage people to to do a, a quick web search for the um, Saline County, Kansas eighth grade uh, exam from eighteen ninety five, and I'll, I've got it here right now. And the first one is grammar, one hour. And it says, uh, give nine rules for the use of capital letters. Name the parts of speech and define those that have no modifications. Define verse, stanza, and paragraph. What are the principal, part, principal parts of a verb? Those are, those are basic things that, that I learned. Then arithmetic, time, one and a half hours. Name and define the fun, fundamental rules of arithmetic. U.S. history, 45 minutes. Give the epics into which U.S. history is divided. And then the next one is orthography, which is what is meant by the following. This is the first question. Alphabet, phonetic, orth- orthography, uh, <laughs> etymology, and syllabication. I can't even ask the question, much <laughs> much less answer the question, right. Stephanie. Right. <laughs> right. And then geography and physiology. I mean, if that's what we were doing in school, which is they were tra- – those are the people that they went through the education system – and then they fought Hitler and 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 saved the world, if you will. And here we've got an agenda. Yeah, it's in people to the moon. Um, and here we have this. As Brad, you said, you took a quick look through it. It's sex. This. Um, yeah, the the survey. I mean, it all is around uh, sexual identity, drugs, mm-hmm. um, alcohol, intrusive questions about personal family issues, mm-hmm. uh, things that. I, I would answer none yet. None of your business. <laughs> none of your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Uh, Jen, right. How, um, I know that Kane over at Task Force Freedom has been working to encourage parents to opt out. And I think you can send him an email at taskforcefreedom at AOL.com and ask that question. But 
what what should parents do, Jen? Should parents be calling and asking, is this going to be administered at my school? When is it? How can I opt out? What would you recommend that parents do, Jen? Parents need to opt out and parents need to make sure that uh, by asking their kids and talking to their teachers, because not only should they opt out of the Colorado Healthy Kids survey, but they also should opt out of just any survey if, if, you know, if, if parents are aligned in the way I think, which they shouldn't be asked their pronouns at all. So the best survey that my child got was sent to me. I really appreciated a teacher of my son that sent a survey to me, his parent, to say, what are his pronouns? Like, if, if you really have to ask that question, I'd rather you ask it of me than him. Because I don't want him to think it's normal to be asked pronouns. So so this is what parents should do. They should, uh, they can get on our website at cherrycreekparents.org and on there you will find a, a, a sample form that you need to send to your te- to the school. Then, like I said, follow up with the teachers and follow up with your children. Make sure that they aren't being administered these surveys. Okay, and Jen, one thing, there is a little bit of a verification process to get to your website, correct? There is for certain things. Um, so, yeah, you do uh, put your name and uh, email on there, um, and then we will contact you. Uh, there's just a, a small verification process, okay. yeah. Okay. And the reason I think that is is because you are really really um, becoming a force with this Cherry Creek School Board, which is Cherry Creek used to be the district that, families wanted to move into because of their great reputation and now they have a race to mediocrity if not below uh over 50 percent of the third graders can't even read at proficiency level correct jen that's right oh and that's yeah that's it's it's about 50 percent. but yeah it's and they they consider it a brag since it's above the state but okay. it's, it's not. It's terrible. Okay. And I, it's I, and I have a, a, I need to respond to a listener on an email because they asked me where you had sourced that. You had gotten mm-hmm. back with me with the answer, and I'd not buttoned that up, so perhaps they're listening. But you have mm-hmm. sourced that where, Jen? The Colorado Department of Education. Okay. And I, I it might be cde.org, um, but just Google Colorado Department of Education. You can find all the data you could ever want. Um, it's you know you have to download a PDF of the spreadsheet, but um, you can sort through and find it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to come back to you here, Jen, in just a minute. Stephanie Hancock, running for House District 41. How do you want to button up this conversation today? I think it's very important for parents, and I know how busy it is. You know, when my kids were young, it was hard when both parents are working. Uh, You know, and you get home, you try to get the homework, get the kids ready for bed and do all this. And then they have these meetings at 7 p.m. It makes it really difficult for a parent to get involved. But I believe it is vital that parents, at least one parent, just tag team it, one parent get involved and to ask your friends and neighbors. And you know what? The the untapped resource for these things right now are grandparents. We just activate Mm. grandparents to get involved in this because as a grandparent myself, I'm finding that it's like you have to know the secret handshake to go to some of these meetings because they do a lot of these work meetings offline, and they're not for the public. Well, they should be. They're public, but they're at a different location every month, and then you have these um, people that have an agenda that's pushing this sexualization of our kids. They're always there. They know. 
Um, and then the rest of us don't always know. They don't offer minutes online. There's no transparency here at all. And we should demand this because they work for us. We need to remind these people that they work for us. And as such, we should make our presence known as much as we can. Parents, grandparents, if nothing else, get involved with the Parent Advocacy Network because they do amazing work. And that's Stephanie Hancock, and she's a candidate for House District 41. Stephanie, thank you so much. And Jen Gibbons, uh, let's button this up again. What can, uh, what can people do to opt out? So let's make sure that parents and grandparents understand what they, they need to do here. Yep. So to opt out, um, there, there usually is not a specific form, but if you would like to see a sample form, you can go to cherrycreekparents.org and find that form. And this form can be used in any district. So then after you submit the form to the principal, follow up with the teacher and then follow up with your child to make sure that they have not received any surveys. Okay. And then and then um, you know reiterate with the with the teacher again. My child does not need a survey. <laughs> One other question, Jen. Can parents? Uh, is this you sent over this survey? Is it readily available for parents? How could they find the survey so they could look at the questions? The Colorado. Uh, I don't know where you can find that online. I was looking at. We have it on our Google Drive. Um, but um, let me see if I can get it on our website so people can see it. And then um, the the social-emotional learning is, is not a survey per se, but it's embedded in every curriculum. So uh, parents just have to watch for it. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. Jen Gibbons, thank you so much. Stephanie Hancock, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Okay. And before we go to break, uh, I tell you, tyranny comes in so many different ways, but uh, that's one of them uh, that uh, we've had our our military stand against is, um, well, across the globe for many different conflicts and wars. And that's why we need to honor them. And that's why this USMC Memorial Foundation, the work they're doing to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax is so important. You can help them out by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We will be right back. We'd love to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Brad Beck is still in studio. Um, I can feel my emotions um, when they go after our kids, it really gets me going, Brad. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And we have to stop them at that point. We definitely. do. Yeah. So we want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. 
Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to, to do it or to coerce people to do it through uh, leading surveys that then the answers will be used for public policy. Uh, Brad Beck, what do you think about the conversation that we just had with Jen Gibbons and Stephanie Hancock? Well, first of all, it's, it's frightening that the amount of time, effort, and energy that a school, even at the state level, the district level, is spending on something like this, when those funds could go into the classroom. We're always hearing that teachers don't have enough money. Uh, people are always buying their own supplies. Teachers are not paid enough. That we, and we hear that all the time. Well, why are we doing this type of survey, which the school district should really not even have any concern with, and why not put that money back to where it belongs, in the classroom? I mean, you, you hear about this diversity, equity, inclusion in school mm-hmm. districts and, you know, even in college levels. And it's like there's another layer of government being intrusive. Get rid of those. They do not need to be part of the education that we have today. I think what we need to go back to is that classical mm-hmm instruction like you read mm-hmm. of reading and writing and arithmetic and rhetoric and learning all the basic skills life skills that individuals need to have a successful life a- absolutely i am so excited kane is on the line we were talking about him so <laughs> so hey kane welcome hello kim how are you hello brad how are you sir i'm doing unbelievable how are you doing kane uh, every day is a great day i, I want to say this um first of all let me say um Take your children out of these government schools. I know it sounds harsh. I know it sounds difficult. Actually, it probably sounds impossible. But these these schools are not making mistakes. They're uh, they're not misguided. It's corruption. And so I would challenge each each parent while you're investigating your school, trying to figure out what's going on. Just ask why. At every phase of your inquiry, ask why, and you will soon determine. That it's a sinister plot. It's a plot at every level to harm your child and ultimately to harm our country. And so when I say, please take your children out of these schools, I've had some pushback and they're like, well, everybody can't do it. Well, yeah, everybody can. It's a matter of what sacrifice are you willing to make to save your child? What suffering are you willing to go through to make sure that your child is going to be a healthy adult? And I'm not trying to guilt anyone. I understand that most people will not, which is why we have taskless freedom, and we're doing everything we can to correct what these diabolical administrators are doing to our children. And so I would still encourage folks, take your children out of these schools. There are um, many different areas where you can get these opt-out programs. Uh, we've talked about them before on your show there, Tim, but um, uh, take your kids out of these schools. Well, and as that may not be an option for everybody this particular day, Kane, uh, you and Ashley were on, was it last week, with Task Force Freedom. So first of all, I did have your um, 
email correct, right? Task Force Freedom at at AOL. At AOL. Okay, great. Uh, so people could reach out to you. You could guide them how to opt out of this um, Healthy Kids uh, Colorado survey, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. We can we can help guide folks on how to how to opt out. Uh, it's a simple process, but you have to make sure you get it to the the correct people. And then also um, to do this every single year. In fact, on the day that school starts, you need to hand deliver um, these opt-out forms before they even start these surveys. Uh, it is it is a data mining process. They're just keeping track of your child and their thought processes and how I think it's done to, de- to determine how successful their Marxist approach is when they're uh, questioning your kids every single year on their pronouns. Oh, or- yep. Every planting those seeds, planting those seeds. So, oh gosh, Kane. So again, you can help people. They can go to Task Force Freedom at AOL dot com, and uh, I know that you and and uh, Cherry Creek Parents Advocacy Network have connected. This is what's great is we're starting to see all these grassroots organizations connect, and it is so important. But. That's why we do the show is to get this information out and help you all connect. So, Kane, you're doing great work. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And thank you to uh, Cherry Creek and also Stephanie down there. I know uh, both Stephanie and that group. So, thank you. Yes, they're doing great work. And, again, Stephanie's running for Colorado House District 41. So, Brad, we've got about a minute left. You, I hardly ever see you kind of close to speechless. I mean, I think you're a little surprised on what you're seeing here. Yeah, it it seems to me a continuation of an agenda that uh, fundamentally goes after our children, usurps the rights of parents. And just reading this survey, I'm blown away. I mean, people should go online and and look it up. Well, and and, and Jen's going to try to get that on their website. It's amazing. And, you know, when I was growing up, of course, I was went through the L.A. City school system, so enough said. Uh, I actually was held back a year, which was actually a smart thing that my parents did because I wasn't keeping up. But the curriculum back then was much different, and it was more difficult. But they, they, they were changing it every year, it seemed. And so I had a tough time uh, taking that information and really uh, processing it to, to be on grade level. Uh, I've done a lot of research and studying and and uh, looking up and reading books and finding information and my education really started when I got out of school right and being a lifelong learner now uh, I'm just uh, I can't get enough of it so when I see something like this attacking children and our youth I'm wondering who's defending our kids and it has to be us yeah that's for sure Brad Beck thanks so much for being thanks, here thanks Kim it's always a pleasure And uh, our quote, so appropriate for the end of the show, and that is from Norman Douglas. He says, distrust of authority should be the first civic duty. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Like a new moon rising